Hey, Vermont Untapped listeners. For election season 2022, Vermont Folklife is re-releasing Under the Golden Dome, the stories behind Vermont's citizen legislature. This 10-part series originally aired in 2004 and was created from interviews with 35 former legislators. You can learn more about this project and listen to other episodes of Vermont Untapped at www.vtfolklife.org untapped. Enjoy, and don't forget to vote. I always thought the difference between the two chambers was that in the House of Representatives, you could get up and give an impassioned speech and make a difference. You could sway votes. In the Senate, obviously, when it's a lot smaller... The idea of pounding your chest and tearing your garments and giving this William Jennings Bryant speech in the Senate, that's nice for the television cameras, but it generally doesn't produce a lot of votes. Over the last half century, the most obvious changes in the Vermont legislature took place in the House, which, after reapportionment, shrank from 246 members to 150. But the Senate, too, had its own particular character. The Senate is more genteel in its exterior, but uh, is driven by some very dominant personalities. Uh, There's the old line that House members love, which is the problem with running for the Senate, is that if you win, you're in the Senate. (laughs) I was seven years in the House and 16 years in the Senate. And uh, it's an interesting comparison between the two bodies, as far as that goes, too. Some people like the bigger body, but I enjoyed the Senate very much. It's a little more intimate. You get a little closer to the people you're working with. You, uh, It's uh, in many ways more informal. It's like a great big committee. It's 30 people instead of 150. The irony to me was that when I was in the House, I used to look across at the Senate chamber and say, my goodness, Not for me. I'm much happier here in the house where there are other people from all the towns. With the change that had taken place, it was soon evident to me that the Senate was just where I belonged. There were a number of senators in 1973 when I went to the Senate with whom I'd served in the House in the early times. In the Senate, you serve on a number of committees— And the variety is a real plus for serving in the Senate, and it also puts an extra burden on the senators because you have to keep up with work in two or three or even more committees. I had three terms in the House and then two terms as lieutenant governor. And as lieutenant governor, I presided over the Senate. Uh, So that was my Senate experience. And the Senate is a very different body. Uh, The House is um, more diversified and more, I don't know, lively, I guess you might say. Uh, And at that time in the early 70s, there were also interesting characters uh, who were in the House, you know, real Vermonters. I can't remember the name of Stavrl. Stavrl, who had his spittoon. Sever, the Earl of Eden, is uh, what he uh, called himself or was called. And 
I remember thinking when I first got there, there were a number of people who had lost a finger or a thumb. Uh, and then I realized, yeah, these, these are people who worked the land and with machinery. That's why it was kind of their um, emblem. The Senate and House come together through a committee of conference. Conference committee is a very important committee to be on, though, because that's where the differences between the House and the Senate are worked out. Committees of conference arise when a bill is passed through both the House and the Senate, and the versions are different. In the committee of conference, three people from the House and three people from the Senate are essentially uh, determining the final form of the legislation that is probably going to pass. And uh, all you need to have is a majority of each of the committees so that two House members and two Senate members can uh, write the report of the committee of conference. My third term in the House, Senator Newell, had started in the House with me, and then he went over to the Senate. And we found ourselves in one of these, a committee of conference for one of these bills that had to pass. It was the expenditure of money for a new building, as I recall it, either at Bandon Training School or at the Weeks School. He represented the Senate, and I represented the House, and by the time we were still in our committee of conference, everything else had been wrapped up. And in effect, everyone was waiting on a decision to come out of this group of six people. And I remember we were in a small committee room downstairs. And in those days, one way you knew adjournment was coming was about three days before they wheeled a piano into the well of the house, and during the breaks between action with 246 people, not everybody had an assignment in those days at the end, so there'd be a lot of sitting around, so they'd have the piano. They'd have songs and all. I can remember hearing the piano and people singing upstairs, and we couldn't agree down there. And finally, I gave in, and the House gave in, and uh, Senator Newell and his Senate committee prevailed, and we went back upstairs and uh, adjourned. But uh, for the most part in our state house, decisions and events like that didn't result in hard feelings and permanent feelings uh, we respected other people's right to their opinion. We knew somebody had to give, and sometimes it would be one side and sometimes another. We heard the voices of Edgar May, Peter Mallory, Arthur Gibb, Robert Gannett, Madeline Cunin, Sally Soule, and Richard Mallory. All are former members of the Vermont Legislature. The interviews were sponsored by the Snelling Center for Government. This series was produced by the Vermont Folklife Center of Middlebury by Bob Merrill and Jane Beck. Funding for this series was provided by the Vermont Community Foundation and the Wyndham Foundation. I'm Greg Sherrill.